I'm, exci- I'm excited that you're excited. You know, uh, the very word enthusiasm means God in you. And that's what we have today. Well, welcome. Welcome to our live stream folks from all over the country and folks in this room, our other auditorium all over. Uh, grateful that you chose to be here. Welcome home to WFR. As one of the elders, I am so uh, proud and I speak for all of our guys. And I know they're all getting nervous now when I said that. Uh, I speak for all of our guys, really, that uh, we're so proud to see the biblical principle of women teaching women so active among our women. Thank you so very, very much. And thank you so much for the leadership at this church. Miranda, yeah, thank you so much for serving and for leading and for your whole team. Uh, it's such, such a great encouragement as we see people who serve in such strong ways. And we, we at Watchford Road, I mean, when you look at this team, we are truly, truly blessed. Thank you. God bless you. And I thank this church for having uh, the, the flexibility to have special assemblies for our retreat times. And, and uh, thank you for that. Uh, you know, we're all on a journey together. And uh, uh, in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the Bible says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. And in all your, anybody know the word? Ways. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. We don't lean to our own understanding. We walk with him. That word way comes from the Hebrew word Derek. Derek will like that. Derek, that means journey. Uh, it's not just your actions. It's all your journeys, the roads that you travel up and down and around. And, and so all in all those journeys. Uh, and I've watched uh, uh, our women here in their journeys and how they've grown so very, very much. Last night we were at the hospital holding the hands of one of our sisters whose husband passed away. And I thought about how, I watched how strength of faith existed in this woman at this part of her journey. And I couldn't help but think about how she had trusted the Lord through a variety of things through her life. And yet she's at this point where she could have such a strong faith and hope in God that better Better times were ahead beyond this old world. My journey started at WFR in 1976. I came here 19 years old. Knew everything. Quickly found out I didn't know anything. Uh, But this church gave me my Bible. Taught me about grace. This church gave me my wife. Susan worked up in the local office. She was the secretary. I'm the preacher that ran off with the church secretary. So, uh, and, and I've never regretted it one day, I'll tell you that. Gave me my kids. My kids were born here. Taught by people in these Bible classes. Uh, this church has blessed my journey so much. And all my weaknesses and mess ups, I keep thinking, God, I don't know why you allow me to be here. Among such great folks, but I am thankful that God has allowed me to be a part of this forever family. I've watched Mindy Lancaster's journey. 
over the years, and I've, we've asked her to share, and she's been the spiritual director of these women this weekend. Mindy, would you come up here, please? And I want to pray over you as you share some things about your journey. This sweet sister I've known a lot of years. We won't say how many years. If it's okay. But it's not the number of years I remember. It's the number of turns that she's made toward the Lord through her whole journey. From a teenager, I remember her sitting in class and Devo and house church. I, I just can't tell you how proud I am of her spiritual growth, how God has used, used her. And I can't say much more. <laughs> She's very special to me. And I want to have a word of prayer. Then she'll be sharing some things with you. Father, thank you for using my sweet sister in a powerful way. Thank you, Father, for growing her up in the Lord with grace and with beauty. Thank you, Father, for not what you've just done for her in rescuing her in the past, but, Father, for how you're going to use her to impact so many in the future. Bless her today as she shares her heart and some of her journey. And thank you, Father, for her willingness to share her heart. And we're grateful that that she's willing to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Can y'all hear me? Thank you. (laughs) So as Mike said, my journey, I feel like when you hear certain songs that bring things back to your mind, uh, I remember sitting on the porch at Chris Howard's house uh, singing, Come to the Table, All Who Are Welcome, uh, for mercy and grace is what you find at the table. And so the table took on a different meaning for me because when I was growing up, uh, we used to gather around a table uh, for Christmas dinners, for Thanksgiving, and the table was huge, full of family. Well, that view of the table changed for me and my sister. I was 15, and she was just shy of her 13th birthday. September the 11th, 1991, has a different meaning for us. Because that's the date that my mother was murdered. A week later, my father was arrested. And a year later, was convicted and sentenced to life in prison at Louisiana State Penitentiary. So within a matter of a week and within a year, our family looked totally different. You see this table over here, I know you thought it probably looked odd that there was a table up here. But the table for us was empty. My view of the table changed because I did not have my parents there to welcome me, to invite me to the table. But as we sat at Chris Howard's house one night and we sang, come to the table, I began to change a view of what that table looked like. 
that table started representing something to me as an invitation for community, for family, for discipleship, for grace, for mercy. Because at the table is where I was welcome. They met me at the table. They said, lay it all out at the table. So as my journey continued, I realized that community changed. That it didn't matter where I was, but I was always welcome at the table. And this past weekend, our verse has been Isaiah 61 focusing on verse 3, where it says, To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. For they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of splendor. And as I've prepared over these past few months to share with these women about beauty from ashes, The Lord began to reveal to me in just the most beautiful way that that is what he's done in my life. Because when my family was shattered and the ash began to be so heavy and the gray and the despair set on me, is when I had a community at this church invite me in, pull out a chair, And said, give it all to him. But I didn't for a while because I was so broken and so living in that depth of despair. I made a lot of poor choices. I got married at 18. Had a baby by 19. Divorced by 20. Married again at 23. And divorced by 24. You see, this church... Took a broken, twice divorced, shame-filled woman and sat shoulder to shoulder with me at the table. And told me that there was nothing that I could do to make God love me anymore. And there was nothing that I could do to make God love me any less. They sat with me. They lifted my chin and told me to look up and look out. And as I see the people out here before me, people who have walked this journey with me, who we've sat at the table and had many conversations, conversations about what forgiveness looked like. Because if I planted anything bitter within me about what had happened to me, I would continue to carry the scars and the roots that were buried deep of bitterness unforgiveness there is no joy in that because what he tells us is that the oil of joy instead of mourning and that garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair it wasn't a covering up it was me having to uproot it and let it go because we sit at the table in an exchange and y'all it is way tipped in our favor He wants to exchange that. He wants me to give that up. 
And he wants me to find freedom in him. Kingdom is built at the table. And that is what this church has taught me. Is not just to keep quiet about the things that the joy of the Lord has brought to me. But to be a voice for those who can't hear. They've showed me by actions to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And through this journey, it has allowed my sister and I to go behind the walls of prisons and tell these women that there is hope and his name is Jesus. This table became a place of belonging for me. Because you see, when that dream of having that big family and my parents, my grandparents, having my children know their grandparents around a table, that all changed as well. But I'm going to tell you what God does with the ash in our life. I prayed and prayed what to hold on to from him. In Psalm 27, and I can't tell you what it does for me that we sang that song, The Land of the Living. Because in Psalm 27, it says, your goodness will be found in the land of the living. I began to hold on to that promise where he says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. That's a promise that I kept clinging to. Because when I sat down at the table with him and laid it all out, I realized that this was not an RSVP party. This was not an invite-only party. That the invitation was always open. And when I began to cling to those promises... And began to pray and look up and see what God was doing in front of me. I may not have my dad to come sit at this table with me. But God will give us a way for that to happen. Because he did. Not only once, but twice. My sister and I have gotten to go down to Angola Penitentiary. And sit at the table and have dinner with our dad. We've gotten to sing praises with him in worship. Because when you open your life and your heart to the Lord and trust him and his promises, and in Revelations he says, it says that he is faithful and true, that is where you will find the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It may not have looked the same, and the people may not be it's the same around my table. But that is what community does. That is what community is. And we spent the weekend around the table. Sharing our hurts, our wounds. But we also know that because we have wounds in common, we are all covered and healed by the blood of Jesus. I saw these women give it all to him. Because they made room for him at the table. Goodness and mercy is what I found at the table. This church has taught me to share that and hand it out freely. 
Mike shared that with me at the table. I was 16 years old when I gave my life to Christ, but I only gave it to him for salvation. I had missed the invitation for relationship with him. So for years, that's why I struggled so deeply, even being so wounded and in despair, because it was so hard for me to read the words on the page and plant them in here and in my heart. But it took women to come and speak life to me. Our heart groups, we sit around the table and we share a meal together and we share the word of God together. What this church has taught me is that the table doesn't stay here. We take that table out into the community and out into the kingdom and invite all because all are welcome at the table. There's some songs that mean a lot to me. And every time I hear them, it brings me back to the porch at Chris's house, to the table at Mike's house, to my grandparents' house, to Angola, to now what my son and my daughter-in-law are doing in the kingdom. Because they are now mentoring and fostering children in the state of Texas. They're running a foster home. Because when Grant's dad left us, and then I remarried, I realized that the poor choices that I had invited into my son's life. He began struggling with abandonment. And when these women poured into me and told me that I had to quit trying to put a man in my son's life and tell him that he already had a heavenly father who loved him, who would never leave him and never abandon him. That is what was found. And when I quit trying to put a man in my life, God brought me a man who loved me like Jesus. Just as I was, not how I should be. He met me in that place. And he raised me up. Two divorces, shame. And y'all, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage. God has restored to me what being the motherless can look like when I become a mother, when I became one to Grant, but then when I had my amazing daughter, Emery. It began to put something back within me because I had a purpose, not just with her, but with other women. We need to help carry each other. We need to lift each other up. That's how community is built at the table. It was shoulder to shoulder and eye to eye. A lot of times I felt like I should sit below the table because of everything that I carried. But these women, this church lifted me up in that ash and set me at a seat at the table. And what we have built together within our family, the enemy is not welcome at my table. And what the Lord has given me space to do 
with having a relationship with my daughter and having an opportunity. Because what we've had to learn is that there is still opportunity in failure, but there is no opportunity in giving up. And with Jesus, he is a God of second chances, 2,000 chances, 10,000 chances. It's a continual renewal. I learned how to plant things at the table. I learned how to bring fruit into the kingdom. These songs say, leave your shame at the door. You won't need it anymore. Hold your head up high. This is the start of your new life. Leave your chains at the door. They can't hold you anymore. Hold your head up high. This is the start of your new life. I found freedom at the table. God just wasn't an added bonus in my life. Jesus changed me. He gave me and breathed a new purpose within me. Because the message of hope looks up and looks forward. This place became a place of belonging. I exchanged those garments and you church continued to walk with me shoulder to shoulder and sit down with me. You saw purpose for me in the kingdom. Because if you still have breath within you, you still have purpose in the kingdom. What you pointed me to was that the gospel was the centering of my table. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And to walk in the fullness of his splendor, not Mindy's. To teach that to my children and to speak it so they can teach it to their children. Because at my table, you will never find seats closed off. You will always have a spot at the table. My son and their family, you never know who's going to be invited to their table. Their views may change, but the centerpiece will never change. The gospeling, the centering, the alignment with Christ. That is what we find at the table. Lives change. Legacies change. I always had a place at the table. One inviting to the table. That's all we have to do. Because when one life is changed, a household changes, and a community changes, and the kingdom changes. So be bold, y'all. Be the feet, the hands and feet of Jesus. That's what we've shared all weekend. Don't let that shame hinder you any longer. You took me like they did in the Gospels of Mark and of Luke. Sometimes I had to be dragged to the table and brought to the feet of Jesus. But you continued to speak into me and speak life into me. 
Because the living God is still active, walking among us, and his word penetrates and separates and divides. His word is the power, not ours. There was a process to these promises. It may be painful, but it's beautiful. I will continue to sit in the exchange of the living God because it is truly life-giving and fruit-bearing, a planting for his splendor and glory. Church, I can't tell you what it means to me that you spoke into me, that you saw me, you saw my desperation and my despair, my brokenness, and you saw purpose in me. You've spoken that into my life, into my sister's lives, and now we get to speak that into others. Thank you for giving me the space to do that. Thank you for allowing me and walking with me in the healing process. Because in Philippians, where it tells us, this stuff is behind me now. It's time for me to strain and move forward in the goodness and the graciousness and the kindness of God. That is what happened with us this weekend. We met freedom. We met deliverance. We saw countenance change. Because shame is not welcome anymore. Draw near to mercy. Draw near to the king. Come join the sinners who have all been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. To those that doubt. To the prisoners and the chain bearing Hindered, broken ones, all who dream, all who loved and lost someone, all the chained, all the free, all who follow, all who lead, anyone who's been let down, all are welcomed at the table. That was where grace began. That's what Ephesians tells us. His grace is sufficient. I am only strong because I was weak. Because his strength resides in me. And because of that, I will continue to fight for you, women. Fight for you, my family. For us to be kingdom builders. To lay it all out. And give it to him in the exchange. Because that table represents our family, our community, and our church. So keep the invitation open to the table. Thank you. You can just remain standing. Mindy, thank you so much, sweetie, for sharing your heart and the word. You know, the uh, the power of the story of the death, burial, and resurrection is what changes people's lives. And we've seen the change. 
for some in here, the journey may just be starting today. Maybe your journey needs to start today by putting your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, being baptized into Christ, and start your walk. Maybe some need renewed in their journey. That's what our invitation time is about. It's about family time. Whether it's a journey of difficulty, sometimes it's a journey of celebration. It's a journey sometimes it gets difficult in families, but we, we do it together. We journey together. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your journey, acknowledge him and he'll direct your steps. If you have a need to come today for anything, please do so uh, while we uh, sing this song.